to verse number 8. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. We're going to begin reading from verse number 6 down to verse number 8. When you get there, you can say amen. For I am already, already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we humbly bow before you this morning, God. Our hearts are bowed this morning. Because we are hungry, God. We're ready to eat. Your word is nourishment to our souls. Father, it inspires, it encourages us, it helps us to live a life, Lord, that reflect your character in a very dark world. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak through me. God, speak through this broken vessel to your people. For God, we want to do your will in the earth, God, and we need to hear from you. We need to hear a word from you today. Holy Spirit, we summon you today to move in this place, in this room, and help us as your surname is helper. You are a helper. We need your help. We need your power. We need your grace. Come now, Holy Spirit, and open our eyes to your truth that we might be forever changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. I'm very, very excited about sharing with you this morning. Uh, we are launching a brand new series entitled Faith Works. Now, this series is designed to help the believer to cultivate a faith that is rock solid for all seasons. In this series, we are going to explore the meaning of biblical. Everybody say biblical. Biblical faith. We're going to be talking about how faith works how to access kingdom benefits through our faith. And today, I want to begin this series talking about the fight to keep and defend the faith. Now, I'm going to be reading a verse in the book of Jude. Jude is a little book in the Bible. It's right before the book of Revelation. And Jude had a sense of urgency that he needed to warn the people to defend and fight for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. As I begin this series on faith, I must begin by talking about the preservation of our faith and how we are to illuminate our faith in this world. 
Now you understand, and we all understand, that Satan is attacking the church now in my lifetime more than I have ever seen. Our faith is under attack. Everything that we believe, Christianity, it is all under attack. If you have been paying attention at all, there's a woman in Kentucky. She's a clerk of the Kentucky uh, court. I forget exactly what city. But she had refused to uh, have her signature signing on for a same-sex married couple. How many of you remember that or know about that? Now, whether you feel very strongly that she should have went ahead and signed it uh, or don't, but here's what I would say. I have great respect for that woman who decided to stand up for what she believes. Your faith does not stop at the laws of men. Your faith does not bow to the laws of men. God is not going to see you in heaven and you have the, uh, as the excuse, God, I would have done it, but the law of men didn't allow me to. Now, I was listening to this, and, I, and, and, and so I've been praying for this woman. I don't know her, but, but, but all that she was saying was, here's what the woman was saying as far as I understand. All she was saying is, I simply do not want my name on it saying that I sanctioned it. And she's the, the clerk of the court. She said, I don't want my name on there. And so they forced, listen, they're going to force this woman and put her in prison, put her in jail. Now, I, I mean, let, me, let, me, let me help us with this because in almost every other faith and religion, they make concessions. Am I right about it? If somebody want to go to jail, if, if they believe uh, in a Muslim, death, okay, we'll change the law. We'll change the rules just for you. Oh, we will acquiesce. We'll do whatever you want to do because, because you have religious convictions, except when it comes to Christianity. When it comes to Christianity, no, you can't stand on your religious convictions because we don't like them. I'm here to tell you that our faith is under attack. I've been saying this for months. I've been saying it for years. What we see there is a microcosm of what's coming down the pike. Because let me, let me hasten to say that your faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus says that men did not receive me because men love darkness more than they love light. Jesus said, I am not of this world. Therefore, you are not of this world. Now, when you try... And when you're confused about that, then you become sort of watered down and you begin to blend with everybody else. And how many know after a while, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference to you? Because you're not standing the way that we're supposed to be standing. Our faith is under attack. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is not going to stop. 1 Peter 1.7 says this, write it down. Our faith is more precious than gold. How many know that there's nothing in this world, hear me, nothing more precious than your faith? The Bible says, 2 Peter uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, Peter refers to it like, he said, it's like precious faith. See, how many know that, that the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, there is nothing that can compare. 
Nothing. It is more valuable. The Bible says, ear has not heard nor I seen what God has prepared for those who love him. Let me tell you something. You can't even imagine how wonderful this thing is. Paul said that when he went to the third heaven, he saw things that he couldn't even talk about. Jesus gave a parable. He said the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. Once when a man found it, he went and sold everything he had because he recognized the value of it. Your faith is precious. It's eternal. It's life. It's forever. I mean, no, Jesus is forever. He is forever. And Satan knows that. Satan knows it. That's why he works overtime to try to convolute the word. That's why he works overtime to try to harass you and try to discourage you. He wants you to be blind to the reality of what you have. How many know that as a Christian, if you're saved today, you are filthy rich? The Bible says that meek shall inherit the earth. You already own it all. I'm amazed at how many Christians get all upset over the affairs of this life as if this life is all that there is. How many of you know that your faith is precious, the most wonderful decision, the best decision you ever made in your life is when you fell on your knees and you said, Jesus, save me. And there's coming a point in time when we see it, one day, and I believe that when we see it, oh, I believe, you know, people say, oh, when I get before the Lord, I'm going to be asking a bunch of questions. Well, you know, if, what, if you can start crying for joy, go at it, because you're going to be so joyful, so excited, so enthusiastic for all eternity. Why? Because your faith is precious. Everything else as it stands today is going to fail. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. Does anybody know that today? But his word, his kingdom is going to last forever. When it's all said and done, Jesus will stand the test of time. This is why you and I can move with great conviction. We can move with great faith. We can believe, we can access God, and we can begin to cry out to God in faith because we know that in the end, all things work together for good. I didn't say some things, I said all things. Does anybody believe that? All things work together for good. He didn't say they are all going to be good, but he said he's going to switch it to your favor. God's going to make it good. Because how many know that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord? And so we have been called to defend and to maintain our faith. So what is the enemy attacking more than anything else? The enemy wants to attack your faith. He wants you to misappropriate the value of your faith. He wants you to, he wants you to think that somehow this world and all of his accolades and beauty, somehow that that is going to satisfy the longest and the, 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 the deepest longings of your heart. How many know they will not? How many know that the satisfaction of the world only lasts for a moment? So he works overtime because he wants to dupe you into to not realizing the value of what you got. 
The biggest, the biggest lie of Satan is that you need Jesus and something else. I'm here to tell you that if you got Jesus, you got everything you need. Now, you didn't say hallelujah because you don't feel like it. But see, we're going to talk about this in a moment. The just shall live by what? Faith. You, listen to me, Jesus is more precious and you got everything you need if you got Jesus. Everything that you need. And the devil has hoodwinked duped a lot of Christians to, to not obtaining their inheritance. How many know that, if, 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 listen, if you know you got $10 million, somebody got it, hide somewhere, wouldn't you like to know about it? I don't know about me, but if, 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 if somebody laying down $10 million, uh, how, many know, how many of you would want to know where that inheritance is? Come on. You'd be like, man, I want, I want mine. I, mean, I got some, I want it. God, how many know the kingdom of God is more precious than that? So what did the devil do? He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up. He don't want you to believe God for one more second. He don't, he don't want you to have faith. He, if you're saved, he want to make you irrelevant. He just wants you to be satisfied with going to heaven. I believe there's going to be a lot of tears. There's going to be a lot of weeping in heaven because a lot of Christians did not, uh, they lived their lives in such a way they did not maximize the potential and the authority that God gave them on the earth to make a change and a difference. God's kingdom, let me tell you something. Your faith is very precious. Your faith is the life, it is, we're doing a Bible study, your faith is the game changer. It's what you put your hope in. And Satan is working overtime to keep you blinded to that reality. Now let's talk about, I'm, I'm going to address three points today, then I'll be out of your way. I'm going to explore the call to keep the faith, the call to defend the faith, and if we have time, the call to live by faith. So let's take the first one, the call to keep the faith. Now Paul says here in 2 Timothy, verse chapter 4, Verses 6 and 8. I love this verse. This is one of my, this is a verse that, that, that really gets me going because how many of you know, how many of you want to, that at the end of your life, that you want to be able to look back and say you did it right? You want to be able to look back and say, boy, I did it right. Paul here is at the end. He knows that his time is about up. He knows it. And Paul is kind of reflecting back. He's thinking about it. And Paul says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. In other words, here's what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, I gave God everything that I got. I laid it all on the field. He said, I will pour. Does anybody just feel like you've just been pouring out? Paul said, I've been already poured out like a, like a drink offering. And watch this. And the, the time of my departure is at hand. But he said this, but I have fought the good fight. Everybody say the good fight. How many know that to maintain your faith and your trust in God, you got to fight? Does anybody realize that? How many know it's a fight sometimes, if you're really honest? Man, sometimes it's hard to trust God. Am I right about it? Sometimes it's hard to believe God in the face of adversity. Am I right about it? So you got to fight. Paul was saying, look, brother, I fought a good fight. In other words, Paul said, look, I won some, a lot, 
And I'm taking a couple of hits along the way. But you know what? I still fought a good fight. And, uh, in other words, I, I, I stayed the course. I fought a good fight. I kept it interesting. Have you ever seen fighters, you know, even if a fighter lose, you ever seen a fight? And even if one lose, you, the fight was still a good fight. And you still like the fight. Why? Be- because they fought hard. I even know that sometimes in this life, you got to fight hard. And some of us, we have fallen. Come on. Some of us have, some of, some of us have tripped up. And some of us have made some mistakes along the way. And, and some of us have stumbled along the way. But you're still standing. You fought a good fight. How many know that many of us, we keep it interesting too, don't we? But we, I mean, God's sitting there thinking, what in the world are they doing today? How many know we keep it interesting? We keep a good fight. But Paul said he was able to look back. He said, I fought a good fight. Yes, it was hard. I had opposition. But I fought. I stayed in there. But he said, I have finished the race. How many know the kingdom of God is not for quitters? Let me say that again. The kingdom of God is not for quitters. How many know that if you want to walk with God in this life, come on, you got to to pony up and you got to walk with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Paul said, I finished the race. In other words, I was tempted to quit. I was tempted to get out. But you know what I did? I stayed in the race. I, I kept the faith. I stayed in there. I stayed in there. I didn't quit. I didn't give up on God. But I stayed the course. I finished. Everybody say finish. But then here's the most important thing he said. He said, I have kept the faith. Ooh. Did you hear what he said? He said, he said, I kept the faith. Paul is letting us in on some insight. Paul was letting us in on something here that, that, that the struggle has always been about his faith. Why do you think Satan is upset at the church so much today? Why do you think he's mad? Because he knows that his time is short. Amen? He knows. He already, know, he already knows you won, but sadly, there are a lot of Christians who don't understand they won. They live like they're losing. How many know that you're a winner if you're in Christ? Well, why live your life like you're losing? Everybody that I've ever seen that really have a conviction that they won, they walk like they won. Are you hearing me? They don't listen. They do, you know, when they win, I mean, they shout, yeah, hands are up in victory. How many know that this is how a Christian ought to walk every day? See this image. I got the victory. Don't matter. Like Paul, some things you got to shake off. But I got the victory. I got the victory. See, it's all about your perspective. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Paul said, Man, I stayed in there. He said, I kept my faith. He, he said, look, I kept the devil trying to get me to overthrow my faith. The devil tried to get me to stop serving God. The devil tried to get me to quit on life. But Paul said, I look back, boy, and I can say, boy, you know what? When I think about my life, boy, I fought a good fight. I stayed in there. I hung in there with my God. Do I have any warriors in here today? Come on. Are there any warriors in the house that say, God, I'm going to stay with you no matter what's going on in my life? Paul said, I fought a good fight. Yeah, baby, I fought. I took a couple of swings. I took a couple of blows. But, baby, how many you know the righteous fall seven times and they get it right back up? See, this is faith. Faith means, the Bible says, above all, take up the shield of faith which will quench all the fiery dots of the enemy. Your faith is power in your faith. 
Take up the shield of faith. Why? To withstand all the attacks of the enemy. In other words, devil, you can't do nothing to me. You can't touch this. I mean, know that too many Christians don't walk in their authority. I mean, I mean, I'm amazed. I'm amazed of, of, of sometimes how we we lose perspective. That sometimes we get we get so caught up in the weeds that we don't really see God open our eyes. And you, you, you hear what I'm saying, church? We, we need we need a revelation. Paul said, "I kept the faith." And First uh, Peter chapter number four, verse twelve. And we're still talking about the call. We're still talking about the call to keep your faith. Look at this. Paul said, beloved, we're talking about your faith now. Do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to test you. Now, 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 <laughs> listen to what he says. Look, look what Peter said. Peter says, beloved, don't think it's strange. How many of you have ever had something happen to you? A few things happen to you, then subsequent things happen to you. You think to yourself, oh, man, what in the world is going on Yeah. Now, the Bible says, Paul said it, he said, beloved, don't think it's strange. Watch this. Just in case y'all think Peter, I'm sorry, just in case y'all think Peter didn't understand. Peter, listen, he said, don't think it's strange concerning, he said, beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial. He's already said, I already know it's fiery. He didn't, see, it's one thing to be in a trial, but a fiery trial. Woo, Jesus. Can I get any help up in here? Yeah, it's one thing to put, he said, he said, beloved, just in case you're thinking that God has tripped, taken a vacation on your situation, Peter said, beloved, don't think it's strange. Don't act out. Don't trip. If I can, if I can gangster say it. Don't trip. I'm a little bit older than some of y'all young folks, so y'all bear with me. So, beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which has come to try you. Watch this as though some strange thing happened to you. You don't know what happened to me. <laughs> this has not happened to anybody else in the whole wide world. This is, this is the first time that this has ever happened. I'm telling you, this is all. It says, verse 13, but rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Come on, man. What are you talking about rejoicing? Brother, I'm in a fiery trial here, God. I mean, the devil didn't turn up the heat. God says, rejoice. Jump up, leap, shout for joy. Well, now, now, now why should I rejoice when I'm going through a fiery trial? Watch this. But rejoice to the extent, watch this now, that you partake of Christ's sufferings. God, let, me, let me say something to you. If, if you're in Christ today and you're suffering a trial or circumstance, you are suffering with Christ. And let me tell you something. God is going to reward you not only in this life, but in the life to come. He's going to blow your mind. See, some of you right now, you've been going through some hard trials. That means you're going to have some magnificent blessings. God is setting you up. Look at the name and say it's a setup. That's all it is. He says, watch this, so to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. In other words, I can rejoice, sister. I can rejoice, brother, because God is in the background pulling the strings. 
<laughs> some of you, how many, how many of you believe that? How many, that, that, that? If you can see it in the spirit, God is in the background manipulating situations and circumstances to flip it to your favor. All he wants you to do, baby, is hold on. Hold on, baby. We're going to take this going to be a deep one right here. This is, oh, hold your breath. Like anybody like riding roller coasters? You know, roller coasters, man. It's like I get up on those things, man. I hit the big, I'm like, come on, hold on. Some of you going through that. And if you had your way, you're telling me, stop. Stop the roller, stop, let me off. And some of you are throwing up, puking all over the place because it's hard. I'm giving some language, illustrative language. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you, you're going through it, and you've been some twists and some turns, and you're like, oh, oh God, I don't know how much more I can take. I mean, your faith is being tested. Oh, I'm going to talk about that here in a moment. I mean, he says, James 1.3, I may as well go there now. James 1.3 says this. He says, listen, are you listening? Say amen. He says, now, my brethren, count it all joy. I hear the pastor, here you go, talk about that joy stuff again. How many know this is Bible? James 1.3 says, count it all joy when you fall into various <laughs> trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, watch this, produces patience. How many know God says, count it all up as joy? Now, how many know, write this down, God tests us in the area he wants to grow us. Say that again. God tests us in the area that he wants to grow us. Well, Lord Jesus, watch this. Are y'all listening? Say amen. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, I need patience. God, God, bless me with patience. Can I ask you a question? How do you think God's going to give you patience? He's going to bring some people in your pathway that's going to test your patience. You know, when I first started running, and, and I'm going to tell you this, brother, and I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't never like no running. I ain't, I ain't apologize. When I played football, I didn't like, I'll sprint. I wanted to be quick, fast, and I ran fast so I wouldn't have to run long. I hate running. Always have. So I find myself in this situation. So, so, you know, I'm getting a little bit older. You know, you get a little bit older, the weight, you know, stuff starts sticking on you. You know, so I had to lose some weight. And the doctor said it would be wise for me to do that. So, you know, but when I first started running on the treadmill, uh, you know, it was like, man, I'd be running for like two minutes. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you would think you would have thought I smoked. I don't smoke. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and all I can think about. Well, I want to get up off this treadmill. I mean, and I see these other jokers over there, bang, 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 running fast, and they got you smiling when they're running. I'm like, what's wrong with you? What, are they? what drug are they on? No pun intended. But, you know, what I did was I hung in there. Everybody said hung in there. So I kept going. Even though ah, I didn't like it, I just kept running. I just, so every day, and all of a sudden, my two, three-minute run became five, seven-minute run. My seven minutes became 10 minutes. My 10 minutes became 20 minutes. Now today, I run about three or four times a week, and every time I run, I run almost three miles, sometimes four, depending on how good I feel. But, but how did I get there? I had to be stretched. I had to stretch my capacity 
to be able to run. How many know that God is going to stretch you in order to grow you? Some of y'all don't know, y'all don't hear. See, see, if you're a person that's struggling with fear, God's going to test you in the area of fear to grow you past your fear. He's going to put you in situations where you're going to have to exercise your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, see, if, 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 you have a, if you have a struggle, you know, it's the same thing with money. How many know it's the same thing with money? You know, if you, want, if you want God to bless you with more money, if you want God to bless you with more resources, how many know that God is going to test you in the area of managing resources? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't, don't pay attention to what's going on there. How many, how many know that God's going to test you in those areas? Yeah, but Pat, Lord, I want God to give me more money. How many, know, how, many, how many know that there's been a lot of people that, come on, if you're being honest, some of us have been saved for 10, 15 years, and, 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 your, and the financial situation has never really changed. But you've been praying and believing God for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Can I make a suggestion? Probably God has been trying to teach us something in the process. How many know God's trying to teach us how to handle money? See, not, see I don't want to hear that. If God's going to give you more, he's got to teach you how to manage what you got. That's how you get more. See, the problem is we don't need more. We need to learn how to manage. Y'all don't, don't want to hear me. So what happens is God begins to test you. You know, God begins to put you in situations, and then you've got to exercise some self-control. Again, God tests you in the area that he want to grow you. It could, it could be in, in, in any situation. Well, God, I need more joy. How many say, I want joy? Oh, God, I want joy. But, but how many know that a lot of times we ain't walking in no joy? But you've been praying it. Because God is trying to teach you how to walk in joy amidst all the other drama that is around you. How many know there's a place in God where you can walk in joy and in peace? And God is trying to stretch you there. So God tests us any area that he wants to grow us. That's how he does it. And so how many know we can rejoice in that? But the Bible says, watch this. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. Now, now listen to this. God tests us. We understand that. These trials are not to be looked at as strange. All right? He's called us to keep our faith. But then it says here in 1 Timothy 4.1 that many will depart from the faith. Now the Spirit is, uh, speaks expressly, says that in the latter times, some will depart from the what? Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrine of demons. How many know that Satan got a Bible? How many know that Satan got scripture? How many know that Satan know more scriptures than a lot of Christians know? Am I right about it? When Satan was trying to tempt Jesus, what was he tempting Jesus with? Did anybody remember? He was using God's word. That's right. The Bible said if you jump off the mountain, he was sending his angels to take care of you. I mean, no, Satan is a master manipulator. But the Bible says that in the last days, many will depart from the faith. How many know that there are a lot of people nowadays departing? And let me say this. There's a lot of so-called preachers that are departing from the faith, too. I'm going to tell you something right now. They're not being true to the word. Are, are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? I'm not saying that we're better. I'm not, I'm not here. Don't, I'm not saying that. But how many know that the Bible says, how many know we're living in the last days? And the Bible's already telling you, he's already saying, he said, look, in the last days, many will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. 
This is why I say all the time it's so important to know what you're talking about. Because there are doctrines of demons out there. There are doctrines of demons where the enemy have fashioned his own church, if you will, for lack of better words. The church of Satan. Go look it up. It's all over the internet. And it's all based in, in lust. It is all based in, 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 in a sort of a selfishness. It is all based and live life to the fullest and do whatever makes you feel good. How many know that whatever makes you feel good, if you just live that way, you're going to be in for a terrible ride? Stop living on feel good. Stop living by faith. Feel good. Listen to me. If you want to feel good, feel good about God's word. <laughs> feel good about when God says do this or do that. Live on that. Feel good like Jane Brown. I feel good because you studied the word. You know, am I, am I right about it? So watch this. Now let's talk very briefly. I'll, this, is, I, I, uh, this is the last one. I can't do the third point. Second point, the call to defend the faith. Now, so watch this. He says in Jude chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, and this is, this is a wonderful verse. He says, now, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. In other words, Jew was just going to write to them about their salvation. He was just going to write to them about the grace of God and, you know, some general point that he wanted to make. But he says, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all delivered, delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turned the grace of our God, watch this church, into lewdness. You know what that means? They're promoting a kind of, you know, it's a kind of a, a flesh-based faith. Where they basically said that it's okay, the grace of God teaches us that it's okay to fulfill whatever lust that you want. How many know they already wrote about this? And he said, and they deny the only Lord God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So Jude, he steps in and he wants to warn them. He says, watch this. He says, you need to stand and you need to contend earnestly for the faith. Now, how many know that when he says contend earnestly, that does not mean that, listen to me, church. Are you still listening? Say amen. I just got a few more minutes and then I'm done. Just, just, just bear with me. But contend don't mean that we just sit passively by and just let people do whatever they want. How many know that when somebody says something and misrepresents the character of God and you are there, if you don't open your mouth, who will? When people say, take God's name in vain, and you're a Christian, if you don't open your mouth and say something, who will? He says we ought to earnestly contend. That means to fight. To fight. To defend the faith. Defend what God's word says. How many know we're called to defend the word of God? Not that the word of God needs to be defended, but it's just God allow us to be a co-laborer with him. So we need to defend what God said. If you're a Christian and somebody misrepresents God around you, then how many know that you should step up and say, hold up, wait a minute, this is what God's word says. No, God's word doesn't say that. How many know you're the light of the world? That's the way you ought to live. He said we have to contend earnestly for the faith because many have crept in unnoticed. They're sneaking in. Remember we talked about the preciousness of our faith? They're denying what Jesus said. They're denying the, the resurrection. They're denying the death, the burial of Christ. They're denying Christ's deity. They're denying everything that he stood for. 
They're denying the blood of Jesus. We're about to take communion today. How many know that that blood of Jesus is our lifeline? There's no blood that can save like that. That blood right there, that's Jesus' blood. That's when we take communion. That's the blood of Jesus, symbolically. 1 Peter 3.15 says, but sanctify. In other words, set the Lord apart. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready. Everybody say always. Always. Be ready to give a defense to everyone, to everyone who asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So I got to sanctify God in my heart. In other words, I'm going to set him apart. Can Can I say this, church? Don't be content no more. Let me tell you why a lot of people don't. You know, the Bible says in, in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm going to make this final point, and i got to close. Um, I'm convinced that the reason why a lot of us don't share our faith as we should is because we don't, we're not really confident in the Bible like we should be. We don't really know the word. How many, how many of you have been to college? Raise your hand. All your school. Y'all remember how it was in college? You know the time I was really stressed out about a test? Can I tell you when I was stressed out about a test? When I was really stressed out? Guess what? I'll let y'all in some insight. When I didn't know the material, <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like, oh, God, I hope I get it right. But, man, whenever I studied and I knew the material, I can't wait to get there to take that. Bring it, put the test here, and I zip right on through it. 100%, baby, I got it all right. You know why? Because I was prepared. Study to show yourself approval. The reason why a lot of us would not open our mouth about our faith, let's be honest. Can we be honest? Because we don't know the word well enough to articulate it. And so what happens is, you know know what we do? I'm just talking about Christians broadly. So what we do, we just don't say anything. Or if we say anything, we're really, really... We're not in a position where we can really defend what we believe. So, so then, so what happens is, if I'm not in a position to really defend what I really believe, then I'm a little bit, I'm nervous. I don't really want to talk about it much because you might get me in a situation, I got to explain it, and I'm not there yet. Can I say something? Stop being comfortable with not being there yet. The Bible says, study to show yourself. You can't get before God and say, first of all, well, Pat, they didn't, he didn't tell me. Let me tell you something. When I first came into the kingdom, I would go, nobody had to tell me. When I got saved, I went and studied on my own. I took the initiative. I read the book. I studied. I bought me. I didn't know what a commentary was. Some of you, how many know what commentaries are? I didn't know what a commentary was. I, you know what I did? I went and I bought it on my own. And some of you might say, well, that's a preacher. I wasn't a preacher. I was a regular Christian, whatever that means. I mean, really, I mean, we're all supposed to be preachers, right? Let's be honest about it. But I will go, and I, and I studied. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you parenthetically this morning, and I, I'm closing. But, you know, I, I would study, and I would get into that Bible, and, and I, would just, I, would just, I, was, I would just I would just absorb it. I just wanted to hear. I just wanted to, to understand. And I always, I always position myself, and I always imagine somebody asking me a certain question that I couldn't answer. And you know what I would do? If I couldn't answer it, I will go back and I'll make sure you ain't going to one-up me next time. I'm going to be ready for you. Next time you come to me with that kind of question, I'm going to be ready. What, what, you know, where did God come from? You know, what about, what's the virgin birth? What, 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 I don't understand that. How can you explain? I mean, I will go and I just rip the scriptures apart. 
I, the Bible says study to show yourself. You've got to do it for yourself. You can't get to heaven and try to blame Pastor Bailey. Say, Pastor ain't preach enough on that. It's still on you. I'm supposed, look, I'm just a supplement to your faith. I'm just here to aid you and point you in the right direction. One thing, I don't do a lot of things right, but one of the things I do right, I do point you back to this, don't I? <laughs> I do that every week because I believe that this is, this is everything. I believe that when it's all said and done, this is, this is it right here, people. This book right here is everything. Learn it. Study to show yourself approved. Understand what it means to walk by faith. And I can't cover that part today, so you've got to come back next week, and we'll talk about how to live out your faith, how to access things in the kingdom of God through faith. So you want to make sure you're here for that. But, but the point being, church, is, is, that, is that, listen, we've got to defend the faith. We've got to preserve and protect what God has given to us. God says that's our job. He said, that's why you're here in the earth. So I want you to get committed. I want you to study. I want you to read. I want you to understand. In fact, at our, at our, um, uh, at our banquet, one of, the, one of the categories is um, um, committed to spiritual growth. And I'm very, very happy about the person that won that gift. I wish I could say what the person is that won it, but I can't. But I'm, I'm, I'm very happy because how many know that a person that's committed to spiritual growth, you're going to do great things for God. Great things. And I believe that every one of us are destined to do it. We just got to believe God. We got to step in. So this is your faith. This is your faith. Defend it. Maintain it. Love it. And you'll change the world. Every head is bowed, your eyes closed as we prepare for communion this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for this like precious faith that we have. This faith is precious. Oh, God, this faith is so wonderful. God, thank you so much for loving us in a very, very rich way, God, in that this love is amazing, God. And God, you, you reminded us today, God, that, that you are working things out for our good. We're reminded today, God, that we are really on top. You reminded us today, Lord God, that the enemy wants to overthrow our faith. But you also reminded us, Father God, that, that we have overcome. We have overcome by the blood of Jesus. We have overcome. And Father, there are times that we don't live like overcomers. In fact, Lord, there's sometimes we allow things in our heart and mind that just really contradict everything you're trying to teach us. Father, I say a prayer over all of us today. I, pray, I say a prayer over our church, over our family, Lord, that our faith will be strengthened. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and maybe, maybe you just say, Pastor, my faith is weak. I mean, I, I, I find myself in and out. I kind of believe God sometimes, but then other times I don't really believe. My faith is being challenged. I doubt. I just don't know. God is saying to, to you this morning, there's grace. God says to you, whoever that is, right in your seat, just tell the Lord to strengthen your faith. Strengthen your faith. Strengthen your faith. God, I pray, God, that the trials of this world, God, will cause none of us, none of us, to fall backward, but that, Lord, that we will fall forward. I pray, Lord God, that we will come, Father God, to see your great power, just like you did with Pharaoh, you demonstrated your power. You demonstrated your power, Lord God, through Samson, through Moses, through David, through Elijah. 
God, and countless others in the word of God. God, I pray you would demonstrate your faith to us as we posture ourselves to believe your word. God, we truly do believe that, God, that better days are coming and better days are here and our faith is being strengthened. And so, Lord, I pray this morning, I pray this morning, God, that every one of us, Lord God, will grow leaps and bounds in our faith and that we will be persuaded, Lord, that nothing will be able to separate us from your love. If you don't know him as Savior this morning, before we take communion, communion is only for Christians. If you haven't given your life to him, you don't know him as Savior, then I want you right now to give your life to Jesus. And then come and let me know about it if you did it. Just give your life to him. Give your life to him and then live this life of faith. Understand that this life of faith is a wonderful life. It's not a life, it's not a faith without challenges, but it's a faith that constantly brings us into victory upon victory upon victory because of the blood of Jesus. So if you don't know him, receive him today as your Savior. And if your faith is lacking this morning, the Lord is saying to every heart that will believe and would ask, he is strengthening your faith right now. I want you to see it. See him strengthening your faith right now. Some of you need extra grace for what you're going through. You're just going through some things. You're going through some challenges. And you're just asking God for extra grace. Not, you're not saying that you don't want to do the will of God. You're just saying, God, I need grace to do your will. Father, in Jesus' name, to that person and those people, God, I pray you would give them the grace to do your will. Give them the strength, oh God, to do what they need to do and to glorify you in the process. We want to glorify you, Lord. And God, we'll give you praise for it. Let's just take a moment before we take communion in lieu of everything that we just talked about this morning. Just search your heart.